Hello, everyone. Going to give you the summary um, from our Revelation class from September 11th. Now, I will tell you right now that we did not get nearly as far into this lesson as um, I anticipated when beginning to study for the lesson, but the more um, I put together with it, I realized that there was just quite a bit more background information that we needed to take a look at, and that was going to slow us down quite a bit. So, we'll actually get to the text of Revelation 11, 1 through 14, uh, this coming Wednesday night on September 18th, if you'd like to join us. Um, now, to set that up, this is what we took a look at. A um, little bit more about Revelation, and I'm going to tell you the, the way that we're going to view this passage, and we'll view several passages in Revelation, we will kind of do them from this perspective. And keeping in mind when I give you this perspective that not all Bible scholars agree with it, a great number of them do, but some do not, and as we talked about last week, that's okay. This is uh, prophecy, um, a lot of which has not been fulfilled, so it's okay to look at Revelation a little bit differently. Just a little um, review there for us all. Um, but William Hendrickson, um, he's a 20th century Bible scholar, and he saw Revelation divided into two major sections. Um, and those sections were chapters 1 through 11, and then chapters 12 through 22. And this is the way he saw it. He saw Revelation 1 through 11 being the church's struggle on earth. Um, that's what chapters 1 through 11 depicted. And chapters 12 through 22 really depicted the same thing, but chapters 12 through 22 were the spiritual realities behind that struggle. And both of those climax with chapters 1 through 11 and chapters 12 through 22, both of them climax with a portrayal of the world's end. So what that basically means is revelation is cyclical. In other words, you don't start at the beginning of it and read it through the end one story. It is a story that's retold at least two times and really, to be honest, perhaps even more times than that. Um, as I said, there's a lot of people who agree with that and some who do not, but that's okay. Uh, another thing to keep in mind about Revelation is the number seven. Um, it plays a, a very big role uh, in, in our... In our study in the entire book of Revelation, um, the number seven, and, and the specific ways that it does that is Revelation cannot kind of be divided up into four different ways of this. Um, the seven it begins with seven churches, that's chapters two and three, and then you have the seven seals, chapter six through part of chapter eight, um, then you have the seven trumpets, part of chapter 8 through part of chapter uh, 11, and then you have the bowls, the seven bowls, chapters, and that's all contained within chapter 16. Now, the churches, that's kind of different. Everyone pretty much agrees that the first three chapters of Revelation are viewed from a little different perspective than, than starting with chapter 4 and from then on, um, because John's perspective changes. He begins to see um, the things in the heavenlies. So, um, what that amounts to is these last three series, the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls, um, they, they have something very much in common. 
And this is something that will help us in our interpretation of Revelation 11, 1 through 14, as well as, as I said, some other passages of Scripture. Um, These last three series, the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls, first of all, each one of these seems to cover the entire Christian era and portray the end of the world. Okay, so that's, that's like the story being told three different times. As we said, Revelation is cyclical. Um, so the first thing, again, is each covers into the entire Christian era and portrays the end of the world. Number two, each addresses God's judgment through a series of similar images. Um, and the thing about those similar images, they are pulled so much from the Old Testament. If, if you read through Revelation, what will come to mind for, for many of you who, who know the Old Testament well is a lot of imagery from the Old Testament is contained within Revelation. Um, everything from plagues to um, fire coming out of the mouths of prophets, which kind of signifies the power of Elijah, um, um, the power of, of Moses with the plagues. And we'll see a lot of that in Revelation. And um, each one of these series, uh, the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls, um, they, they depict God's judgment through a series of these similar images, many of them Old Testament type of images. Now, number three in these series, each one of these series has a break between the six and the seventh elements. And I didn't ever realize this, and I actually looked at these passages of Scripture in Revelation, and it's exactly true. You would get to the sixth seal, or the sixth trumpet, or the sixth bowl, and there would be a significant break before the seventh seal, or the seventh trumpet, or the seventh bowl would come along. And what happens in that time frame is there's a little bit of time that the that the revelator, the author, John, gives to address the implications of the church in that particular time period. And guess what? Chapters 10, chapter 10, verse 1 through chapter 11, verse 14 is one of those breaks. So that tells us that this passage we're going to look at next week, um, actually now just a couple days away, it has something to do with the church. Um, and we'll let that just be somewhat of a, oh, giving you a little bit of a, a, a future look right there, okay? Now, one more thing. Um, when these have these breaks in these series between the sixth and the seventh seal, or the sixth and the seventh trumpet, or the sixth and the seventh bowl, the focus in those times seems to be repentance, okay? Um, a chance for a change of direction. Uh, not necessarily for the church, but perhaps that the church is preaching the message of repentance to the world. Now, when you get into Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 14, um, if you haven't read that yet, you might pause this, um, this short podcast and read that um, and then get it started again. Now, if you've had a chance to do that, you will see that in this passage, the main subject is two are two witnesses. And there has been a lot, um, a lot written about these two witnesses. Who are they going to be? Um, there's, there's all kinds of things. Are, are they two? Are they two prophets? First of all, notice that they are clothed in sackcloth, which, as we talked about in repentance, that is the clothing of repentance. Um, 
I'm going to tell you now, I, I went into a lot more detail with this last Wednesday night, but I'm just going to tell you that from the perspective that we're going to be looking at this passage in, in a couple of days, I am going to try to present um, the evidence that the two witnesses are actually a large group of people, specifically the church at the end times. Um, and the church trying to get the message out to the world that they need to repent while they still have time. Um, again, this is prophecy, so we don't know exactly how this is going to come about. Um, in class, some said perhaps the prophets, um, these two witnesses, might be Moses and Elijah um, resurrected and back on earth. Um, maybe, perhaps, we heard some others say that it might be the 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 apostles um, who come back. So maybe not a small group of two, but maybe the the resurrected um, bodily apostles will come back to preach. So there's a lot of different theories out there. And again, the way we're going to look at it this coming Wednesday night is look at it from the perspective that it's not a small group. It's not two people. It's actually a quite large group. And it is the church witnessing about the coming of Jesus and the need to repent. So that's what we'll dive into this coming Wednesday night. Hope you can make it. Thank you very much for listening.